Hello and welcome to the Clear History Podcast. I'm your old pal Steve and with me as always is... Detective Megan. Yes, and we are now detectives because we have our first actual sponsor of the show and they're called Killer Trace. So tell them what that is. I don't know, they sent me a badge and now I'm a detective. <laughs> um, I, no, it's a, they send you a different cold case every month with uh, interesting clues and mysteries and actual cases and you have to solve them and you have to be a detective and it's really fun and we've been enjoying it. Um, our first night uh, diving into one of these cases, we took it with us to our favorite Thai restaurant <laughs> and we had the, yes. the, the folders and the files like strewn across the table. Yeah. So it's like, it's a box and it comes with uh, like fake newspaper clippings and uh, it actually came with thumbtacks and strings and stuff. Like all the stuff you would need to be a detective, I'm assuming. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I had everything, you know, kind of put out on this table and uh, I'm, we're being ultimate nerds about it and no kidding, in walk two detectives with actual badges. Yes, they looked, They had the actual, uh, the little uh, lanyard with the badge on <laughs> it. And the badges, and I just turned bright red, and I was like... I was like, Megan, real detectives. <laughs> I said, Steve, maybe they can solve this for us. And they sat down right next to us, and I was so embarrassed that I kind of uh, pushed everything aside, and we finished it at home later, but... It made me feel like a real detective for a yes. short amount of time. <laughs> it was. A, it's a lot of fun. Uh, so it's it's a cool a monthly subscription box um, that isn't just a bunch of razor blades or uh, stupid beard products or something. It's actually a really fun date night. It, yeah, it's a perfect date night. It's it's better than going to a movie or anything like that. It will actually get you to either get along well with your partner or you'll, or you'll find out that um, you don't get along. <laughs> either way, it's positive. It, it, we like actually had to do a phone call. And they didn't answer, and then we got a text message, and like Megan just like jumped. She's like, "Oh my god, really?" <laughs> and they they have they set up websites for stuff. It's really it's really immersive. It's really cool. It's like it does it remind you of those escape rooms? A little bit, yeah. But it's it's uh, even more fun because you're not like actually in a room. Awesome. So, <laughs> um, uh, if you are a listener and you enjoy our podcast and you're interested in this. Uh, we ask you to use our promo code uh, CYHP2018. Use that at checkout, and then we'll get credit. Uh, that's the only way we're making money off they this They get a podcast. discount, too, as well. Do so, oh, okay. Yeah, so if you're interested, if not, no biggie. But if you actually like having fun, you should do it because <laughs> we're enjoying it, and I'm looking forward to the next to the next box. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So Let's get to the meats. Before we get started... Does anyone want to get out? They're in the computer? This is getting out of hand. Wow! Strange things are fun. Hold on potato! Listen. You smell something? Yeah, I smell the moon. I smell the moon because it's made of stinky cheese. <laughs> Welcome to the Clear History Podcast. I'm your old pal Steve. And I am Hot Hands Megan. And today it is just us two. Just the two of us. With just one topic. The biggest topic in the sky besides the sun, and that's the moon. I don't know if that's true, but uh, it's uh, multiple layers. The moon is like an onion. We're going to go through those layers today, 
And to start off, I have wait, some wait, wait, meat. You have meat? <laughs> yeah, to go with the cheese. <laughs> What's the charcuterie platter up in here, motherfucker? <laughs> All right, how about it? Ready? Okay. So, these are some interesting, like, crazy facts about the moon. Uh, you probably already learned these in astronomy class or whatever. Who but takes astronomy class? I took astronomy class. What, don't people who don't fuck. take actual science courses? Hey, they're prerequisites for a real degree or I don't know. I took school. organic chemistry. The first crazy fact about the moon is the average distance from the Earth to the... Wait, why are we doing your facts first? This, this is how we're going to do it today. To open it up, to get everybody ready for some moon knowledge. So, the average distance from the Earth to the moon is 225,622 miles. Doubt it. Which is the distance if every other planet were lined up back to back, they could fit in this space, including Pluto, which is kind of weird. Because it's not a planet, although now they're saying it is a planet. Well... Either way, I'm gonna doubt that number later. But yeah, it's strange that that is that works out. Okay. Another crazy moon fact is the phenomena of 108. The sun is 108 Earths wide, so you fit 108 Earths across the surface of the sun. Okay. Also, there. A hundred and eight suns fit between the Earth and the Sun. The same distance. Interesting. Also, one hundred and eight moons fit between the Moon and the Earth. Well, no way. Yep. So it's a weird thing. So one hundred and eight of me mooning. Can fit between our house and John's house. Yeah, about that. Maybe. The sun... No, my ass isn't that big. <laughs> I don't know where John lives, to be honest, but he says he lives close. That John. Okay. <laughs> the sun is 400 times bigger than the moon and 400 times farther away from the moon. And that is the reason why solar eclipses... Right, because it's equidistant. ...can be perfect. Mathematics, man. Which is weird. And... Our our moon is massive compared to any other planet in our solar system. No other planet has a moon that's larger than 5% of the planet's size. But ours is 27% the size of our Interesting. planet. Maybe it's not a moon. Maybe we're a binary solar system. Well, we'll get into that. But... And the last one is... Okay. The moon has pure iron and pure titanium in it, and it shouldn't. Which, the moon is really weird, and it might be a place that would be interesting to visit. Have we ever visited the moon, Megan? That was a super good segue. But um, I also read some stuff about how there are some old, you old references to... The time before the moon. Mm-hmm. I heard about that. The ancient aliens guy was rambling about that today. Hey, don't, don't, don't condescend him. I like him. He's got cool hair. He's got super cool hair. 
But age-old question, question, have we been on the moon? Uh, interesting thing. I mean, we've all heard about the moon landing. Moon mm-hmm. landings. One small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. All right, so how did this come about? Well, we have the 1950s, okay? Start of the Cold War. Cold War is at its peak. We were homies with the Russians. And then we were not homies afterwards. with the Russians. We were not homies with the Russians. Yeah, for World War Two, they were our buddies in World War One. Okay, yeah, they were friendos, and then they split up everything, and uh, we're in this Cold War. Turned into communists. Which is basically, we were in the midst of a homoerotic extravaganza. Ooh, and I always thought the Cold War was like, like I'm just picturing people like wearing coats like on Hoth. Is that similar? No, this was the war where everyone had their dick out, and they were saying, "Who's this bigger? No, mine's bigger. No, I got more. And mine's they're like, bigger. no, mine's just cold. It would be bigger, but it's just they're cold. They're like, I got, I got so many muscles, I could just blow you up right now. And we're like, yeah, I got so many muscles, I could blow you up right now. Are you gonna blow me up? No, are you gonna blow me up? I don't know. Am I gonna blow you up? Oh, maybe you should blow me up. Don't blow me up. <laughs> <laughs> basically, that is the Cold War. It's basically a dick measuring contest of. Uh, on a national scale. And any of you parents out there listening, if you would <laughs> like to indoctrinate your children with the a very dumbed-down version of the Cold War, you should read the uh, Butter Battle book by Dr. Seuss. <laughs> yeah. <as laughs> it's it basically a persona. Butter on the back or butter on the front? How do you butter your toast? It's basically a, uh, what do you call it, a, a simile or metaphor? It's a metaphor for... Uh, the Cold War. And my kids really like that work, that book, and my one daughter is definitely a communist. Well, Learn that. She likes it on the bottom side? <laughs> yep. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so dur- <laughs> during this Cold War, there was this uh, kind of space race that started. Uh, Russia sent up Sputnik, which I'm sure you all have heard of, mm-hmm. but it was the first satellite to orbit the Earth. Yeah. Which led to a Sputnik crisis, which was this perceived, in the United States, was a perceived um, technological gap. Oh, shit, if they can put a tiny toaster up through the air, what if they could bring a nuclear missile? Also that, but why are they doing it? We're not. Uh Uh-oh. Shit, what we gonna do? So then we started NASA. Um, Basically means we... (laughs) NASA-ed. NASA-ed. We started NASA, which, I mean, ultimately to me just meant we brought a bunch of Nazis on board into this program. Operation Paperclip. There we go. Uh, why Nazis? Well. Because they had a great science program. Yeah, they had excellent German engineering. They were efficient. And also, I feel like some of them uh, needed that, uh, what do you call it, immunity to not get murdered? Well. There you go. Nazis. NASA? Nazis? Conspiracy? I don't know. My pee. No, we took all the Russian scientists and, and brought them on board. Russian? German? Sorry. German scientists brought them to America, gave them immunity if they would help us develop the crazy weapons that they are working on, like I alluded to in episode with Katie. What one was that? 15? I don't know. And they, and we wanted to get a UFO yeah. or, a, or a scary bell that they were working on. 
the Russians, the USSR, in 1961, after Sputnik, uh, an astronaut named Yuri, I'm not going to attempt, I'm not going to even attempt his last name. me. No, it was sort of the G. Oh, me. Sure. He orbited the Earth for... How many minutes would you 108. guess? 108. Yes. Exactly. He orbited the Earth for exactly 108 minutes. Uh, the moon could fit 108 times before the moon in between the Earth and the moon and the Earth in between the sun and the other side of the sun. Yeah. That's also the number of hard-boiled eggs that I can eat in an hour. <laughs> All right. Guess. <Gaston. laughs> Anyways. Uh, on this. <laughs> the Russians. So Yuri orbited the Earth, and um, this was in 61, and Kennedy said, Dude, bro, we need to get to the moon. We need to get to the moon! In the next decade, is what he declared. So guess what we did? We decided to get to the moon in the next decade. Or did we? Yeah, that's a good question. So, uh, here spawned what we mostly know as the Apollo missions. Okay, but before the Apollo missions, there was also the Mercury and the Gemini missions, which were, I'm not going to give you an entire rundown of NASA history because that's just stupid. I don't have time for that. Mm. But I want you to know that those existed, that the Gemini missions were before. So we had one of the Nazi scientists that we uh, had <laughs> was, was Werner von Braun. And he designed the Saturn rocket that propelled the shuttles was able to propel them into space. The initial Apollo mission, Apollo 1, was in 1967. um, And that resulted in a cabin fire during the launch that uh, eventually resulted in the death of all three astronauts Mm. on board. Yeah, so that was a tragedy. Then we have several other Apollo missions after that. Actually, today marks the 50th anniversary of one of those Apollo missions that first orbited the moon, the first lunar orbit. Today being the 27th of December. Yeah, it's when they first returned back to Earth following that uh, lunar orbit. If it happened. (laughs) We'll get to that later. (laughs) So anyways, we had on... The one, the most famous Apollo mission being? 13. That's the Tom Hanks movie. 11. That was a big failure. Apollo 11. And there are lots of, there's lots of information about all the Apollo missions that you can go read about where we're going to talk about Apollo 11. Why is Apollo 11 significant, Stephen? One small step for man, one giant leap. For mankind. The mission started on July 16th, 1969. The numbers! Oh, shit. (laughs) And it ended on July 24th. Okay. Okay, so during which uh, the biggest event during that mission was the descent onto... The lunar descent made onto the moon. Uh, There were three astronauts, Neil Armstrong, Buzz Waldron, and Michael Collins. Michael Collins, the least known member. Because he didn't go on the moon. He didn't get to walk on the moon. Yeah, but they couldn't have done it without your boy Mike. Yeah. He looked out on the moon from his little spaceship and... Have you heard of the man above the moon? That heroic man in the sky. You know Buzz Lightyear was... Have you heard of the man above the moon? He's hungry. That other guy. I don't know. <laughs> the guy that was on the moon, oh. but he was above it. Buzz uh, Lightyear was named after Buzz Aldrin. Was he? Probably. Or Maybe. the other way around. 
All right, so this is the accepted <laughs> truth. Um, we landed on the moon in 1969. There were, there were pictures, the broadcast number. of the launch, broadcast of them coming home, yada, yada, yada. Everybody was watching it on their televisions that day. Yep. So that's the accepted truth. So Kids watched it at school. It was amazing. Let's talk about this. So that happened in 1969. In 1999, 6% of the American population doubted the landing of Apollo 11 on the moon. In 1999. So 30 years later, 6% of the population doubted it. In 2012, Gallup performed a poll. 20% of Americans doubted that the moon landing happened. 25% of Britons doubted it. And 28% of Russians. So, there's a lot of doubt surrounding the alleged moon landing. Was the moon... Or were we ever on the moon? There's lots of conspiracy theories saying that we haven't been on the moon ever. So the biggest one I think was about, there were about, about a decade after this happened, after the moon landing happened, there was a book that was published um, about, you know, the falsity of the moon landing and some superior, so some conspiracy theories surrounding it. There was also the flat earthers originally came out with a theory saying that the moon landing was faked. It was, um, you know, produced by Disney and Hollywood, you know, in Hollywood, directed by Stanley Kubrick, all that. Mm -hmm. But where do we even get the whole, the moon landing was fake? Why would people even doubt it? What evidence do they have? Have you ever heard of any of it? Um, like some of the mapping doesn't make sense. Uh, the flag was waving or was it not waving or it was stiff yeah or... so one one thing that there's it. one there's a shadow i saw Mythbusters on okay. it okay yep let's talk about that so Is we've that got... What you got well we're gonna talk about why are the photos monochromatic because it was 1969 we had color cameras we had broadcast color television yeah but they had to uh the landing was in color they had to transmit it or the, 22,000 you know, miles away. Why couldn't they have taken a video of it locally and not transmitted it? Because they wanted to be, um, they wanted it to be live. Um, there's only about approximately, don't quote me on this, but approximately like 20 photos from the event. Mm -hmm. Why so few pictures? Well, there's a lot more in the vaults. NASA claims there are hundreds of photos that were taken, but they didn't release any that were, quote-unquote, of poor quality. There you go. People Why suck. not just release them? Have you seen how terribly my dad takes pictures? Yes, but why not just release them then? I don't know, because they don't want to look like schlubs. Or there's, they don't exist. That's the other possibility. Hmm. 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 Never a straight answer. Okay, so when they, in any of the pictures, there are no stars present. Mm-hmm. Why? Exposure wouldn't be that wide for there to, for the stars to show up, since the moon is pretty reflective, as you can see. The moon's not reflective, so the Yeah, it is. You see it every night. Well, they say that the moon has no atmosphere, so shouldn't, there should be, like, billions of stars visible. Sure, but like the exposure. Like right, so, so they adjusted away. the exposure. Yeah. Correct, to show the astronauts. So then they should have pictures of the opposite of that. 
before they adjusted the exposure. Because the exposure, like they would have to lower the exposure because otherwise the things nearby would be really, really shiny and you wouldn't get any detail. Take pictures. So then why did the astronauts, when they came back, they said that they could see stars? The astronauts would be able to see stars. Right. But not the camera. But then later they recanted and so they couldn't see any stars. And then in his book, Michael Collins said that he could see stars from the lunar surface area, but they weren't present in pictures. But they initially said that they could, that the stars were present. And then they said they weren't present. And Michael Collins came back and said they were present. So why did they recant about the stars? Well, I would assume that the stars would be present, but I don't think they would show up in the pictures because they'd be so far away and so dim. Interesting. <laughs> okay, one thing you also brought up is that the brought up is that the shadows are off. So if the only source of light is the sun, mm-hmm. the shadows should be parallel. But in some instances, some are not, or they're intersecting, which indicates a secondary light source. Mm-hmm. Which could be reflecting off of other things right they're saying that it's because of the terrain Mm -hmm. however there are also some of the pictures present a brighter light in some spots that has no explanation well uh, if you look at the moon it's got like different shades of colors also right it shouldn't shouldn't the the, shadow should be black wouldn't the the earth be uh, a light source for the moon no why not because we're 237,000 miles away from it. Yeah, but we're even further from the sun. One, four hundred. <laughs> yeah, 400 times that number you just said. Okay, so then we go to... <coughs> Am I supposed to be dispro- like trying to fight no, you No, you're being this? an asshole. Oh. This is not true. The flag moves. <laughs> the flag fucking moves, okay? Mm-hmm. NASA tries to explain it and says the astronauts created a flapping effect when they put the flag in. Oh, they had a little wire in there that wiggled? Yeah, they're saying that that's what created it. I disagree. So in addition to the original pictures being in monochromatic colors, Mm -hmm. in 1969, later in 1969 in November, the crew that went up there brought a colored camera to record and and take pictures and all that. Mm Mm-hmm. But Bumble, B- Bumble Boy, somebody on that mission, Alan, bumbled it, and he pointed the camera directly at the sun, which rendered all the images useless because it broke the camera. Mm. That didn't happen. He was a scientist who was trained in photography. He wouldn't have pointed it directly at the sun. It's really, I've pointed my cameras at the sun, but since our atmosphere doesn't totally destroy it, I don't know. Okay, how do you describe the slow motion and effect? The, it appears the that when they're running, is, is, uh, less. the gravity is like one sixth the side, right? Mm-hmm. But they're slowed down to exactly two times reduction of normal speed, and there have been several different people who have recreated the exact effect using wires and slow motion. Mm-hmm. There's no way we can test that gravity difference, really. To see what it would really look like, but people are claiming that it's not accurate to what it would actually be. Hmm. That's interesting. So they, they sped it up and then they Exactly just... two times. Huh. And it looks like people walking. Would it be times two or would it be... It'd be a different... It shouldn't be. 
It'd be some weird fact. Right. It shouldn't be too, exactly two yeah. times. But there have been a couple of different uh, people who have kind of made videos, which I may have watched. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then let's go to another imagery, imagery thing. Have you heard of the sea rock on those images? Sea rock? The sea rock. So on one of the giant rocks, one of the big moon rocks in these images, had the letter C on it. It looked imprinted onto the rock itself. Mm-hmm. It looked like a C. Like, it wasn't just like poorly drawn it looked like a printed letter c Mm -hmm. okay um it looked like something that you would mark a prop with it's exactly what it looks like nasa says said it was a coiled hair that found its way into develop the developing process and that's how it appeared on the pictures okay that was their claim Mm -hmm. initially but then, instead of just sticking with that claim and leaving the C from the original photos, they edited it out. It doesn't appear in any of the NASA pictures anymore. They edited out the C. Interesting. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. There's one with a C, and there's one without a C. They edited it out. Yeah, I think they, they did talk about how they cleaned up the photos, and they lined them up with those little plus signs all over the place. Uh-huh. Those crosshairs that shouldn't be there? Yeah, those are like the line-up things. Right, then why do they blend into the background? I don't know. They shouldn't. Looks like two photos superimposed on one another. Or something that's done in post-video editing of the 1960-70 to 70 era. Mm. Hmm. Alright, so then we have the Van Allen radiation belt. So it's a belt... Uh, the that forms these high energy radiation particles that originate from solar wind. It's deadly levels of radiation. Okay, for after Apollo eleven, there were other missions where the astronauts claimed that they saw spots, um, had really bad side effects while passing through this belt. No mention of this was made in every report from any astronaut from Apollo eleven, or any sense. But you have to keep in mind that these shuttles were, like, in some instances, <coughs> tin can thin. Yeah. The radiation levels are extreme. How do you explain that? The International Space Station is more than 100 miles away from any of the Van Allen radiation belts at any one time. So it's safe? Yeah. But the moon it- isn't? If they have to pass through it, it's not safe. So how do you justify that it was safe at one point for them to pass through it? Then it wasn't safe. Do they take like a the shuttle mostly there, and then they get out on the lander, or what? I don't it's know. Still not safe. Yeah. And there are a lot of scientists that have been like, uh, "How did you make this happen? Because this would kill a normal human." Hmm. Interesting. Your points are getting stronger as they go. Anyways, the whole general hypothesis is that they faked the Apollo moon, Apollo 11 moon landing in order to win the space race, mm-hmm. in order to instill that victory in the American people and win the Cold War. Um, we didn't win the Cold War until 1989. Yeah, but it instilled this image in people that America was top. Some say it was the greatest government hoax ever committed. 
Whoa. There was even a cameraman recently that came out and said he filmed it in North London. With Stanley Kubrick, with a skeleton crew of him, Stanley Kubrick, eight other technicians, and the two actors. Who were the two actors? Well, you know, who played Buzz Aldrin and... The but Neil it was Armstrong. actually it was Bart Cauldron and <laughs> and uh, Niall Armsworth. Anyways, he came out with that, but joke. then that was discredited and said it. People said it was a hoax. All right, but the one thing I want to bring up is the whole Stanley Kubrick thing, which keeps coming up. In an interview with Stanley Kubrick in 1999. A few months before his death, someone interviewed him who had to sign a 15-year non-disclosure agreement with him before he interviewed him, Mm -hmm. which he did, so he didn't release this until after. Um, But he said, and I quote, I perpetrated a big fraud on the American public, which I am now about to detail. Sorry. I perpetrated a big fraud on the American public, which I am now about to detail, involving the United States government and NASA, that the moon landing, moon landings were faked, that the moon landings were all faked, and that I was the person who filmed it. Hmm. Interesting. So there was a series of the interviews. People came out later and claimed that was a hoax, said that that's not what he looked like when he died X years ago. Who knows if it's true or not? When did he die? In 1999. How long ago was that? This was supposedly, like, interview took place in 1999, right before he died. Where Mm. he came clean and said that he was part of the moon hoax. Moon landing. Landings hoaxes. Moon hoax landings? Yeah. Wow. You know some of his work, right? So they say that, like... The shinning? Yeah, but they say, like, well, and then Dr. Strangelove... They say that 2001 A Space Odyssey was research and development for his fake moon landings, if you've ever seen that movie. They said that used the desert moon scenes. They used some of those, um, that that kind of technology and plots that, um, not plot, what's the word I'm looking for? Scenes, imagery that they developed for that, that he used um, shortly after. That movie, I think, was released in 67 or 68. He used um, some of that for his fake moon landing sequences. Mm-hmm. It's a very meticulous director. So. I love watching people take drinks out of straws, out of cups, because they they always miss their mouth the first <laughs> and second try. Uh, Alright, so that got me thinking. Sidebar, sorry about that. Learning about the, the moon landing... Or alleged moon landing. Mm-hmm. Got me thinking, okay, the Stanley Kubrick thing. Are there any other evidence points to support that Stanley was hired by the government to film a moon landing as a hoax? Are there? Well, many people have viewed Stanley Kubrick's work as director of The Shining as his subtle confession to the moon landing hoax. Because the little kid has a rocket on his shirt. We'll get to that. Okay, so there are a couple documentaries out there, uh, most notably being Room 237 and The Shining Code 2.0 that dive into this whole topic. Was the moon landing a creation of Stanley? And was this movie, The Shining, 
a direct confession. And these are movies that are like not just about the moon. They're specific to Is the Shining. Okay, and are these pieces written by Dale Gribble? No, Dale Gribble did not write these. <laughs> Do you want to learn about the connections? Have you seen the movie The Shining? Yes. Have you read the book? No. Okay, I've done both. I've seen The Hotel. Yeah, I've seen The Hotel too in Estes Park. But, so I read the book, and then I've seen the movie, obviously, over the years. And I and always thought it was weird. Hold on. I've always thought it was weird that, you know, the movie was really different from the book. And sometimes that happens. But Stephen King hates Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. Oh, wasn't there another version that came out later? Like, he tried to redeem himself in, like, 97. Like, two almost DVDs. 20 years later, he came out with the TV series, The Shining. I remember why. Well, I think it was movie. a No, it was it was a made for TV series by Stephen King. I believe it was in the late 90s, um which gosh, I hope it wasn't cuz that wouldn't make me super old, but my watch with my mom. So yeah. Anyways, so originally Stephen King wrote a manuscript for this movie. And he still loathes Stanley's interpretation of his book. And basically, uh, Stanley Kubrick took Stephen King's transcript and uh, manuscript and just shit all over it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's still a great film. I still love The Shining. Um, it, I think it actually plays in really well with the book, but it is very different. So, some theorize that Jack, played by Jack Nicholson, represents Stanley Kubrick himself. In the film. Okay. So, some of the overlying themes would be, in the first hour of the movie, the manager of the hotel, Wendy, his wife, and Danny, the little boy, all wear the colors red, white, and blue. USA, baby. Or Russia. Or France. Or Australia. Or Britain. Or New Zealand. Fuck. (laughs) Okay, so the opening music to the film is um a score called dies i ray i don't know i'm terrible d-i-e-s space i-r-a-e which they i believe slow down and um that roughly translates to judgment day that's missy moaning um and then in the opening you know you have the beautiful mountain range which is reflected onto the water and it makes it look like the letter a what does the letter a stand for steven uh, the Scarlet Letter. No, Apollo. Oh. Uh. Okay, so in that scene, in the kind of the beginning, there's a yellow beetle that uh, drives, you know, is driving to the Overlook Hotel. Volkswagen beetle? It was supposed to be red. Why is it yellow, Stanley? Because it was a popular color for the beetle. Yellow beetle driving to the, on the going to the sun road to the going to the sun mountain. Hmm. King of the Mountain. <laughs> Who was what? Apollo, the king of the sun of the mountain. Apollo. What? <laughs> Who's Apollo? Apollo is the, <coughs> is the god that god that, of the sun that chariots the sun across the yeah. sky. Yeah. And his yellow beetle. He didn't have a beetle <laughs> in the Greek. Text. All right, fine, whatever. Mythology. So he pulls into the parking lot of the Outlook Overlook Hotel, 
And how many cars are there in that particular row? 13. 11. Oh, Apollo 11. Also, aerial shots of the cars show in the parking lot groups of 7, 21, 6, and 9. Or July 21st, 1969, which is what? The lunar descent. The date of Wait, the lunar descent. what numbers were it? 7, 21, 6, and 9. Oh, okay. 7, 21, 69. Okay. 69. So anyways, he parks past, you know, 11 cars. <coughs> the film overall uses, there are a lot of the letter A in the imagery. There's a lot of triangle shapes in the hotel architecture. A lot of the use of the letter A in the dialogue. carpet, though, huh? Yeah, hell yeah. So, um, and also vertical lines for the number 11. But when he, Jack walks into the lobby for an interview, obviously he's there for the interview, he walks past... Exactly 11 people. Stanley Kubrick did not let any little detail go. Ever. He's in the Guinness... The Shining movie is in the Guinness Book of World Records for the maximum number of times a scene has been reshot. Just 127 times. This man... What shot? I don't know exactly what shot, but this man did not let any detail go ever. This was not by accident. This is by design. Mm-hmm. So he interviews with uh, Stuart Ullman, who is the whatever manager of the hotel. Mm-hmm. He's wearing a suit that's uh, of those colors that I already talked about. And he's said to represent NASA. Behind uh, uh, Jack on the wall, the the windows look to appear to look like the number 11 their vertical lines and between them is as windows do <laughs> insignia of an eagle on the wall okay okay so let's get to some of the scenes there's a scene where danny is at a kitchen um i believe it's at the kitchen table at their home or their apartment danny is his son if you don't know and wendy is there as well wendy is uh jack's wife so Danny's sitting at the kitchen table. There is a glass of milk sitting on the table. It's very white. Uh, next to the glass of milk is a video camera on the table, randomly. Okay. Wendy is reading a book. She's reading. AKA Olive Oil from Popeye. No. She is reading the book The Catcher in the Rye. Which, as we Why know. Why is she c- catching that book? Overall theme in Catcher in the Rye is phoniness. In particular, in the book, D.B. Caulfield, who is Holden's older brother, used to be an excellent writer, or still is an excellent writer, but uh, Holden used to hold him as one of his greatest writers. He used to love him. Is that a pun? Yeah. But um, he starts writing screenplays and prostituting himself to Hollywood writing scripts. So that's another overlaying theme that it's representing, she's reading Catcher in the Rye, which talks about phoniness, while the video camera is sitting on the table. Coincident? I think not. Do you think that's a coincidence? Yes. You think it's a coincidence? <laughs> well, how about while she's sitting there, reading the Catcher in the Rye, with her dumbass kid and the video camera and the white milk, at exactly 11 minutes, Jack calls her and she answers the phone. At exactly 11 minutes. There's so much bullshit that goes on in the first 11 minutes of that film that could have been cut. Why at a la- exactly 11 minutes does she answer the phone call from Jack? 
When does the timer start? Like at the credits? Like at the opening scene? You're not kidding this. Okay. Well, what's an astronaut's favorite drink? Milk. Because it keeps their bones strong. And when they're in (laughs) orbit, they don't have as much gravity. And it's bad for their bones. Is that what you're saying? (laughs) No, they can't get milk because it'll it'll go bad. Space cows. So they drink tang. Do you not remember tang? Tang. It's a kick in the glass. It's a kick in the ass. Yeah. So multiple times in that movie. Tang. They're drinking Tang. Nobody would fucking choose to drink Tang except for astronauts who have to. And my French grandma who didn't or like real orange juice. that can't drink milk because they're it's stuck. It's not milk. It's orange juice. They're stuck in, a, in, in one place that they can't move out of that hotel for the entire winter because it gets snowed in. And so they got to have the ones that you can mix in the, mix in the water. Okay, so let's talk about Jack's typewriter. In the beginning, <laughs> it's a light, creamy gray color. No okay? TV, no beer, make Homer something something. All right. It has the company name Adler on it, which in German means eagle. Throughout the film, <laughs> the typewriter progressively gets darker and darker and darker until it's basically the color of the lunar surface. And... Maria in the Maria, you mean the dark parts of the moon? Yeah, potentially it represents the cycles of the lunar the lunar cycles. Okay, so there's also a scene when Jack is throwing the ball against a wall. Some say that the Native American motif on the wall looks like rockets, eh? But more notably to me is that you see Jack throw the ball twelve times. You only hear it eleven times hit. Someone on the set said that I was on purpose. That was by design by Stanley Kubrick. He insisted on it. Are you still not convinced? Okay, there's another particular scene where the head chef takes Stanley into the storage room, which he calls the story room. There's a scene where you can see a brand box called Golden Ray. Interesting, son. But on the box, the serial number features the number 11 for Apollo and also the number 39, which represents the launch pad that the Apollo launched from. Coincidence? I think not. Also, you see some cases of 7-Up. How many cases of 7-Up do you think that you see? Seven. No, you see six. Interesting. You want to know why? (laughs) Six. Of seven ups. Six of the seven... Ups? Six of the seven missions to go to the moon were successful. Six of a seven. Wait, what? Thirteen failed. Oh, okay. Alright, so let's talk about, you know, the twin girls in, a, in the movie. Mm-hmm. It wasn't supposed to be twin girls in the book. It was just one girl. Hmm. So why did Stanley Kubrick make it twins? Twins are creepy. Or or they represent the Gemini twins, which if you remember prior to Project <laughs> Stop laughing what? at me. What? I'm I'm interested. <laughs> Prior to Project Apollo was Project Gemini. Yeah. So you see the girls and they're like, come play with us, whatever the creepy ass thing they say. You see the girls, the two girls, which were supposed to be one. He made them two. The Gemini twins. It cuts to some like dead bodies with blood everywhere. Distinctly above those bo- that body 
you see in the window three bright stars. So, they're the Gemini twins, Project Gemini. Cuts to that, the dead people. Three bright stars represent the three astronauts who died in Apollo 1. Wait, so you're, now you're changing missions. You're going from Gemini to Apollo. Right, and that transition he's showing that they're the Gemini twins, and we're transitioning into Apollo, which you see the three stars, re- which represent the three astronauts who died in the first Apollo mission. Next, let's talk about the infamous, blo- infamous blood scene. Okay, everyone remembers the elevator with all the blood, right? Yeah. On the doors of the elevator, the elevator panels form... The number 11. That's all elevator doors. No, it's not. Two vertical handles. No, it clearly is an 11. If you look at the actual doors from the elevator, it looks like an 11. I've never seen an elevator look quite like that. And what does the color red represent at this time? During when the Apollo missions were going on? The blood of our ancestors uh, forming... Communism! Oh. Okay. Okay, let's talk about a thing you tried to reference with the Simpsons. All work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. Mm-hmm. Never even appears in the book, ever. So? It's not in the book. All. A-L-L. Oh, it's the number 11. Yes, it's Apollo, Apollo 11. 1. Work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. Jack is Kubrick. Or Jack is Jack Nicholson, or Jack, the character Jack, that Jack Nicholson plays. So recall the scene when Danny the boy is playing on the carpet. He's playing on the floor with some toys. He's got nine toys to be exact. Nine objects. He represents the tenth object. And then a tennis ball rolls into the scene, making that the eleventh object. He stands up. What is he wearing? Is he wearing the rocket ship shirt? Yeah, he's wearing a sweater with a spaceship on it. Not only a spaceship, a rocket ship that says Apollo 11 on it. Yeah. And USA. What year was this movie come out? 1980. He goes to room 237, which, by the way, was supposed in the book was originally room 217. Some people theorize that the 237 came from... The fact that the moon is approximately 237 miles, 237,000 miles away from the earth, which you said earlier was not the case. However, that is theorized. 225. Interesting. But that's average, so... Yeah. So there's also a scene when Danny's watching TV. It's snowing outside. Um, The interesting thing is the windows behind it look like the number 11 again. The TV is not plugged in, which represents the fact that the TV is not plugged in, yet you're still watching something on TV, which represents phony television. Or schizophrenia that was Jack was going through. Finally, we get to the most iconic scene of the movie. Danny writing red rum on the door. The two panels above the door clearly look like the number 11. And then Jack hits his axe through the number 11. In the book, Jack doesn't have an axe. He has a mallet. Oh, I'm sure an axe is more fun. Number 11's drinking tang. Okay, I'm looking at this picture right now. It's just what doors look like. 
Hmm, interesting. Is it or is it not? Is it weird that doors look like just like 11s? This is complete bullshit. I love it all, but this is complete bullshit. This is just like the conspiracy theory that Pink Floyd wrote Dark Side of the Moon to Wizard of Oz. Which is was really that a fun. Theory or was yeah, it, just it like still a fun is. Thing? I mean, it's still a conspiracy theory, yeah, because it's like a fun thing to, you know. Wait, watch, are you breaking right now? Watch when you're high. Was that your last point? I've got more, but those are the main ones. I've got little inconsistencies. Those are the main ones. I honestly believe that if you give me enough time, like a couple hours, I could probably come up with a conspiracy theory for every movie I've ever seen. I don't know, though. There are a lot of inconsistencies, and not inconsistencies, like with the fact that Stanley took it so out of whack away from Stephen King's original vision and the original book and added things in. And I I feel like this is just flat earthers trying to justify their theories. But it's interesting to think about because Stanley Kubrick did not do anything not on purpose. Does that make sense? He was a very meticulous man. He would reshoot things over and over and over and over and over in all of his movies until the imagery was just perfect. Yeah. So, if the imagery doesn't mean what people are saying it means in terms of the faked moon landing, what does it mean? And why did he make those subtle changes to King's book? Because he made, like, movies usually don't follow the source material as perfectly as it seems. No, but he made very Think distinct Think of how annoying changes. it would be for the mallet to go break through the door. It would take for fucking ever. The acts I get, the acts I get, but why all the subtle instances with, like, even, let's just take the most, the most obvious. Why Danny wearing an Apollo 11 shirt? Because that's what kids wore back In then. In 1980? Yeah, fuck yeah. Rockets are tight as fuck. Why are kids playing with dinosaur toys? Dinosaurs haven't even been around for millions of years. That's a stupid example. I'm sorry. But, I don't know. Maybe he wanted... Maybe he wanted that little... Like, because people started talking. So he's like, fuck it. I'll go with it. You know? Just for like, funsies. Here's my opinion on it all. Does he, does he sell more copies of The Shining because he... What's well, like? What's well, like? Okay, so then, Stanley, Stanley, in nineteen ninety nine, did he actually confess to this? No. Did he though? <laughs> and then people are. So that's the thing is, they say that people are being paid off. Have been paid off to keep it covered up because mm-hmm. it's like, and now it's you have people that come out about it, and that's not such a big deal because it's been so many years that, like, in my opinion. Do I 100% believe that all of the moon landings have been faked? No, I don't 100% believe it. However, if the government came out and said, okay, we faked these, I would 100% believe it. I would never. Like, I would be like, yeah, of course you did. Yeah. It wouldn't shock me. Because you're a true patriot and you believe your countrymen? No, not at all. I don't believe them for a second. (laughs) I was saying I, it wouldn't shock me. At all. Like, I can't, I can't be like 100% I believe this because I don't have solid proof of something to say whether or not I believe it. Um, you know, the other question is, why haven't we been back to the moon? There's no reason to go back to the moon. But now we're going back to the moon? The Chinese are. No. Trump announced 
What are you? Re- Space Force. Space Force. Project Constellation. Project Constellation. But they say the are saying that they're trying to go back to the moon uh, better, but for cheaper. Because uh, NASA used to be about 5% of the budget mm-hmm. at that time period that we're talking about. And now it's less than 1% of the budget. Still um, lots of money. And the people have asked, well, why can't you get past the radiation belts and all that? What's wrong? And they say that the technology is gone technology from saturn 5 doesn't exist anymore hmm mm, interesting interesting i don't want to be a crazy person i don't necessarily believe that every little bit of the shining is uh those little things are that they coincided that i think a lot of them are coincidence but i do think some of them are very blatant statements that if they don't mean anything regarding the fake moon landing and stanley kubrick's confession relating to the Apollo 11 and uh, subsequent moon landings, I still believe that they're very prominent visual um, visual statements that we should not take lightly. With that being said, fuck the moon. <laughs> we choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and to do other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard, because that goal will serve to organize and measure the best of our energies and skills, because that challenge is the one we are willing to accept. FDR literally never said that. (laughs) All right, so we didn't go to the moon because the moon is not a moon. What is the moon then? I have two theories to propose today. One saying the true nature of it and the other one saying the other true nature of it. Wait, so if you're saying that we landed on the moon but it's not a natural moon, that's not a natural satellite, are you saying that the footage from the moon landing was the original or that we landed on the moon went, oh, fuck, and then faked the moon landing? I think we landed on the moon, cleaned it up because they saw some things that they didn't want to see. That's why Buzz... Is always like, ooh, ooh, and also why Neil was always uh, pretty secluded when he came back because they didn't like what they saw and they were scared and they couldn't talk. Or were they scared because they were told by the government that they couldn't talk about the faked moon footage? Because Buzz later has said that they never went to the moon. I don't know, but what I do know that in Moscow, Russia... In July of 1970, Mikhail Vossin and Alexander Shubikov, government scientists, Russian scientists, published an article in Sputnik magazine <laughs> with their new theory about the true nature of the moon. The theory says that the moon is an artificial satellite put into orbit by some intelligent beings unknown to ourselves. Which would explain why some ancient texts refer to the time before the moon. Possibly. To start out, it is thought that the moon is hollow because one time NASA crashed a lunar module. I'm not sure. It was one of the Apollo missions. They crashed a lunar module into the moon and it appeared to ring like a bell for 30 minutes. Not like sound, 
because there's no sound in space. But seismic. No, that's when they landed on the moon, the first lunar landing. They talked about that. Yeah. Metallically. Yeah. Seismically. Like, you you land that lunar <coughs> module on the moon and it just rings. Well, they crashed one like even harder. I think there's a porn out there about the Apollo landings. Mm-hmm. And butts. It's called Butt Apollo. <laughs> Butt Apollo 69. <laughs> you don't even have to change the names, really. Buzz Aldrin. <laughs> Neil Armstrong, but it's K-N-E-E-L. It's a woman. <laughs> yeah. But she's got really strong arms. And Michael Collins. It's Michael Collins. <laughs> Yes. Uh, but Apollo 13, check it out, friends. But Apollo... 11. 1 through 16. <laughs> 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 uh, franchise opportunity. Anyways. Okay, so it rings like a bell. I've heard that before. It rings like a bell, suggesting that it's not as dense, right? It's, hello, it's hollow. Also, the craters left on the moon are far too wide, like large in diameter for their depth. So it's like when meteorites land on the earth, they dig a lot deeper than they do on the moon. Yeah. So is it hitting something? Like a shell. Like a hard shell? Well, it's interesting, too, because people have said that the moon is, like, I mean, like a third of the Earth's size, right? It's 27%. Like, right. It's close to a third of the Earth's size, but other moons are nowhere near that size of their planet. Yeah, less than 5%. Yeah, and what's the moon of Mars? There's two of them. The one Phonos. Yeah, and Which I find one. interesting. One P looks like a potato. Right, Phonos is one that looks like a potato that people have theorized was the prototype for our moon. And I think it's interesting that the name of that moon is Phonos, which reminds me of the word phony. Phobos. Phobos. And Demios. Phobos, Phonos. It's like... Phonos. Phonos Arigato. Mr. Roboto. Um, but, I mean, there are a lot of scientists who have said that the, because of the the moon's you know diameter and size in relation to the Earth, that it's way too fucking big, and it's not as dense as it should be. Like it's nowhere near as dense as it should be. Phobos is the personification of fear, the offspring of Aphrodite and Aries. Thank you, baby. But I find it interesting. If you didn't like, know, listener, all the planets are named off of uh, Roman gods. Except for Moon. Except for Moon. It is named Moon. <laughs> based on. <laughs> because it is Moon. It is Moon because of when you pull your pants down and they it see It looks like a Moon. <laughs> I haven't mooned anybody in a while. Last Moon I received was Garrett's Full Moon. Oh, yeah, that was pretty good. That was like a year ago. Anyways, the samples of the moon dust revealed that, like I said earlier, it is made of titanium, chromium, and zirconium, which would be the perfect metals to coat a fake moon with to protect it from the unfavorable effects of 
Temperature, Cosmic Radiation, and Meteorite Bombardment. So they're an ideal planetoid satellite, manufactured satellite. Maybe. And if this was a spaceship, could these intelligent beings, uh, like, would that be by design by the intelligent beings being like, oh, let's coat it with these type of materials to make it look natural on the outside while also keeping it safe from uh, the dangers of space and whatnot. So the other side we never see. So would that be a good place to maybe hide a base or entrances to the hollow moon or maybe cities and all kinds of alien activity? Well, yeah, I mean, basically, it's it's uh, not it's not like significantly smaller than Earth. It could host a, a huge population. What if one of those missions actually did make it to the moon, and it was completely fucked up, and it's some alien or whatever race, and we're just like, Whoops. Whoops. We don't ever want to divulge that again or divulge that to the American people. It's just like, I, just, I don't know. It's just like all the shit the government has covered up over and over between nuclear testing, between uh, like projects like uh, Montauk and all, like all the crazy shit that we even know about. Right? That we know well, we about. we think we know about. There you go. <laughs> yeah. There's so much stuff we don't know about that it's like... Um, okay, I honestly could believe that there is something on that dark side of the moon that we don't know about. I don't, I don't really, I don't really want to know about. Have we been to the dark side? No. Oh. Well, we have. <gasps> I got the info right here. <gasps> what happened on the dark side? What happened on the dark side? Well, the, well, let's start back 4.51 billion years ago. What, five one? Four point five one billion years ago. <gasps> The moon was formed out of debris left over after a giant impact between Earth and a Mars-sized body called Thea. So, in 1959, a Soviet spacecraft, Luna 3, went to the far side and took photos. Scientists expected to see dark and light patches, like we're used to seeing, but they were shocked Shocked to see that it looked completely different. It was not dark and light patches. It was a uniform and pale color. What? Yeah. And like a cloak. Just it was just all like light. Okay. The reason why there are dark patches on the near side is because when the moon was forming. It was being bombarded by asteroids, where the fractured crust was thinnest, molten dark lava would break through and cool in dark pools. So, <clears throat> the magma within the moon is darker than the crust. The moon doesn't have magma. It did. In the beginnings. And, uh, so that's why we have, like, the, the Maria is what it's called. The pools or whatever. And why didn't this happen on the far side? 
So they were so they were thinking that there's a difference in the thickness. <laughs> and maybe that moon has a thick backside. That moon is thick because baby <laughs> it's a huge compared to other moons. There's the biggest thick ass fucking moon thickest of all moon. the moons. So thick with two C's. Mm-hmm. It is thick. That's how it's written here in my notes. Uh, <laughs> two C's. And so then they continued to research it, and through further research, NASA found that the crust on the backside <laughs> is 30 miles thick. Oh, baby. And on the front, I think it's like two miles. Why so, is that backside so thick? Well, they're thinking that 4.5 billion years ago, when Thea hit the Earth, there was like two moons formed. No. There was a large one and a small one. And over time, we had two moons for a minute. And then the small one eventually merged with the large one. That was on the far side, and it made it thicker, and made up of a little bit different material and stuff. So that's why it has thicker crust on the outside. But I was thinking about this, and I was like, wait a second, wouldn't it make sense? I'm not sure, I mean, I'm not a scientist or anything, but I'm thinking... I don't know how long it's been in tidal lock, but like, wouldn't it make more sense that the far side would get more impacts from asteroids than the near side? It's a lot more likely to be hit from the back side. I don't know. But check out these fast facts. You already gave us facts. Neil Armstrong, the first man on the moon. Look at his name. N-E-I-L-A. Now look at that backwards. A-L-I-E-N. What do you think about that? Uh, I think it's interesting, but I like the uh, K-N-E-E-L. <laughs> arms strong. Oh my, them strong arms. Second fast fact. The moon doesn't go away during the day. You just can't see it. You can see it during the day sometimes. Well, this one's actually a good one. The Native American names... Uh, the Native Americans from, like, the northeast coast all the way to, uh, like, uh, like, Minnesota. Okay, Midwest. All those people's had names for each full moon throughout the year to help keep track of the seasons. And basically that's what they like named their months. But they would change a little bit. And here's what they are for 2018. January 1st was the wolf moon. The January 31st was the snow moon. March 1st was the worm moon. Yeah, it's Quinn's moon. March 31st was the sap moon. It's my moon. <laughs> the April 29th was the pink moon. The one on May 29th was flower moon. June 28th, strawberry moon. 
July 27th, Buck Moon. August 26th, Sturgeon Moon. September 24th, Harvest Moon. October 24th, Hunter's Moon. November 23rd, Beaver Moon. <laughs> I'll show you a beaver moon. Ew. And December 22nd, the cold moon. The There is no dark side of the moon. The sun shines on all sides of the moon. Doubt it. People all say the dark side of the moon. I don't know why because... Um, it's the dark side that we can't see. It's the far side. the dark side. side because it's the evil side. It has nothing to do with the sun. Oh, spooky... And our fifth fact is the full moon doesn't scientifically affect human behavior. However, there is a slight increase in crime, accidents, and injuries because people are more likely to be out at night because they can see better. Oh, that's bullshit in this day and age. We got fucking lights everywhere. My kids go off the damn chain when it's a full moon. Because the thing, the moon, the full moon produces more light, and light helps you see better. My kids can't see shit. They're indoors. What are you talking about? What, were they extra crazy on yeah. the twenty second? Absolutely. You were crazy on the twenty first. <laughs> that was just <laughs> due to the alcohol. Fun no, story. I there is absolutely a change when it's a full moon. Not scientifically, but maybe psychologically. Do you a woo at the moon? A woo? <laughs> uh, no, not often. Well, we should sometime. Do you have any uh, additional moon terms? Yeah, go ahead and look up. <laughs> look up outside at night. At the moon. <laughs> You know what, I had some planned, but uh, go ahead and just look up at the moon when you're, not <laughs> <laughs> when you're not on your phone. Or you know what, if you have one of those cool apps that show you the constellations, use it to look at the moon. It'll, it'll uh, show you in the latest full moons. I think the moon is great, and um, I think you guys are great for being our listeners, so... Thanks for listening to another great episode and starting off the new year with us, a new moon, a new year. Wow. Um, and if you follow us at Clear Street Podcast on Instagram, I'll show you my new moon. <laughs> hey. Bye.